Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you have given us the opportunity to be here at this place. We thank you for ASI, and we thank you for the vision that you have given to us to be your hands and feet in a world that is dying. I pray that you will specifically bless us now in this seminar, that truly Jesus Christ will be uplifted to all of us, that we can each gain whatever it is that you have for us today. Thank you again for your love and amazing grace. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Again, this is going to be a panel discussion on sustainable health evangelism, and we're very excited. Rodney, so, Rodney, there are seats up in the front. There here. are some more seats. Those who are coming in, if you need some more seats, there are a few more right here at the very front. Feel free to come in, both sides, the front. Uh, we're just so glad that each of you are here. Again, we have a short time, so I'm going to get right into uh, the program here. The participants that we have, I want each one to introduce themselves. We have Vicki Griffin. Vicki, would you introduce yourself, please? Good morning, everyone. It's great to have you here. Having all these bodies helps warm the room up a little bit, so we're very thankful. Um, I'm the Director of Lifestyle Matters and the Health Ministries Director for the Michigan Conference, and it's just a thrill to be here with you today. Thank you very much for being with us, Vicki. Joshua. My name is Joshua Vasquez. I'm a Bible worker and wellness coach in Oak Harbor, Washington. And um, just uh, glad to be here this morning. We're very excited to hear from both of you. We have a lot of experience here at the table with us in health uh, ministry and health evangelism. My name is Rodney Bowes, and I serve as the president for Health Expo Resources and also a division director for Light Ministry. We do health evangelism training around the world. So we're very excited to be with you, and we have a lot to share in 75 minutes. I'd like to point your attention to the screen and just notice what it says here. What is health evangelism? It is not just health education, and it is not just sharing Bible prophecies. It is the blend of these like Jesus shows us. Do you agree with that? That is the message that we've been given for these times. So, is this a biblical idea? Is it a biblical idea to combine these together? The health and the spiritual aspect. We believe it definitely is. Because if you see in Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 and 24... Let's read it together, shall we? And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Amen. What did Jesus do? You see it underlined. He was teaching, he was preaching, and he was healing. Amen. What was he doing the most of? Many of you have read Ministry of Healing, I can tell. That's fantastic. And in Ministry of Healing, page 19, it says very clearly there that during his ministry, Jesus devoted more time to healing the sick than to preaching. Should we do the same? Should we follow Jesus' example? You know, there, it's a very important to notice that Jesus was a walking hospital. But not every place received his healing touch. Isn't that right? Yes. 
So it's important for us to remember that our job is to be like Jesus, to bring comfort, hope, and encouragement to people everywhere. Now, it was not only Jesus who went about doing this healing ministry. He gave it to his 12 disciples. In Luke chapter 9, we read that these uh, 12 disciples, that Jesus called them together, and he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. The disciples of Jesus are always supposed to combine healing and teaching and preaching together. It's always supposed to be a blended message and ministry that is done by the disciples of Jesus. Who else did Jesus send out beside the twelve? The seventy. That's exactly right. So you look in Luke chapter 10 and verse 9 and talking about these seventy. Jesus said, And heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Does that sound like a message that we have Amen. to do today? It definitely does. And then we have another group that Jesus sent out. Who else did Jesus send out? Yes. Us. Called the Great Commission. Isn't that right? Amen. Where do you find the Great Commission? Matthew, where? Matthew 28, and where else? Mark. What's the parallel to Matthew 28? Mark chapter 16. So Mark chapter 16. We're going to look at it here. We see the Great Commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Is it clear that we are to preach the three angels' messages to the world? Amen. That is why the Seventh-day Adventist Church exists to share the three angels' messages to the world. But notice what it also says. At the very end, after it says how God will be with His people, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This simply means that there is a ministry of healing that God wants His church to do. So, all of God's disciples throughout history have been called to follow Jesus. Teaching, preaching, and healing. Does that mean that every person is going to be healed? Definitely not. We understand that. During Jesus' time, there were people who were not healed for various reasons. And so our uh, specific calling is to simply be the hands and feet of Jesus, bringing hope, encouragement, comfort in a world that has a lot of questions. Why this? Why that? We'll never know all the answers, but our job is to bring that Uh, hope and courage. I wanted to share just a few more things and then uh, Vicki has some very encouraging things to share with us. In Testimonies Volume 7, page 62, there is a clarion call for each one of us. Let's read this together. We have come to a time when every member of the church should take hold of medical missionary work. How many of you are members of the church? Can I see your hands? Praise the Lord. Take hold of medical missionary work. And today in our seminar, we're going to be looking at how medical professionals and non-medical can all take hold of this work. I'm guessing we have a blend here in this room, uh, even as we're talking, a blend of health professionals and non-medical, but who are interested in health. So we're going to look at that. Vicki? 
please Thank feel you. free to uh, take the podium there and Thank you. Good morning, everyone. It is a blessing to be here. What an amazing group in this room. Praise the Lord. Some of you have come from a long way and some from a short distance. I want to begin this morning by asking you a question. Probably many of you have been involved in health ministry of some sort or the other. And I will ask you this. How many of you have met people that get up in the morning and say, you know, I think I just want to fail everything on my list today? Have you met those people? In all the years of ministry that I've been uh, conducting this work, I have never met that person. And that is why our Savior is our example. He said he went from house to house, bringing hope and strength to all with whom he came in contact. How does it feel this morning to be able to work on the sunny side of the cross in times of great perplexity and need and challenge? And so I'm so thrilled to be invited here to speak uh, as a part of uh, Brother Rodney's program because my passion is blended message ministry, blended evangelism. We have a very special and unique packaging for what, what we do. And when we separate the truth from the gospel of health, we lose on both sides. Amen? We lose, and so do the people who attend our meetings. So today, a lot of our emphasis is how to create and sustain blended message ministry and how that can work in the churches. Well, why is it important? Well, let's just take a look at this. Rodney, this is your computer. Do I just push this button? And it worked. All right, I want to share some amazing quotes with you. I just love them. You've probably seen them yourself. Uh, as a person who started running away from home when I was five years old, I was beaten up a lot. By the age of 11, I was a serial runaway and uh, bulimic, taking drugs, smoking, and fortunately, I hid out in libraries so that my grades stayed up. So I, I left all belief in God at a very young age because of the the teaching that I was raised with that people like myself would burn for all eternity. So the neighborhood wasn't good, the house wasn't, my home wasn't safe, and God was a terror. And so for me, as a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, I cannot separate the saving truths of God's character and the truth about him from this message. Because without that, who cares about living a long time? Who cares? So we've got to learn how to integrate truth with the message of relieving suffering. And really evil people who do terrible things and live badly live a long time. My Aunt Ida Ferrari said it was because there's something in their blood. Now, I just don't know if that's true, but it sure feels that way sometimes. And you can do all the right things and you die. So if we don't learn how Jesus' method works to relieve suffering, add value and meaning to people's lives right here, right now, then we're going to lose the really sick people who need to be in our presence. Amen? So it's very, very important. I want people to come to your meetings who know they're going to die. I want them to want to be around you. Amen? So let's take a look at some of the principles. And this is our time because Ellen White says that intemperance lies at the foundation of all the evil in our world. All of it. And temperance alone is the foundation of all the graces that come from God, the foundation of all victories to be gained in life. 
He's in the business of turning messes into miracles. And I'm so thankful for that today. And so when I dedicated my life to Christ, when I came to him, I was about 25 pounds thinner than I am right now. I was bulimic. I had all kinds of degrees, but I was a, a hot mess, as they say in today's vernacular. And my prayer was not, oh God, I love you, you're so amazing. I didn't know him. I came to him the reason you came to him, and that's because of need, not because of love. His love drew me. My need drew me to him. And so the prayer that I prayed was, God, I just want to spend the rest of my life paying the devil back for what he did. That was my prayer. And now he hired me, and I'm terrorizing the countryside wherever I can to win souls for Jesus Christ. And that's your job. Your job is not to fix everybody. Your job is to win souls for Jesus Christ. So look at this. The gospel of health is to be firmly linked to the ministry of the world by his wife. It's the, called the what? What's it called? The right hand, the right arm of the message. By his right hand and his holy arm, he hath gotten him the victory. It is the Lord's design that the restoring influence of health reform, we would call it health revolution today or health advantage. We would call it a different word. I think of reform school when I think of that word. But if you put it in today's vernacular, it's, it's a health revolution, isn't it? It shall be a part of the last great effort to proclaim the gospel message. Amen? So I just got through with a reaping series. How many of you um, know Pastor Moise Ratsara from Michigan? He's Paul Ratsara's son. He has been our pastor at the Jackson Church. And we did a reaping series together. And Pastor Ratsara wanted to do the health piece. So I did the other piece, the prophecy piece, and I was praying about this one night, and I said, Lord, this is so, feels so strange. Uh, how do I explain to people when they ask me why I'm doing the prophecy part, and Pastor Ratsara, who is an evangelist and a pastor, is doing the health piece? And you know what the Lord brought to my mind? That's the nurturing part of pastoral work. That's what it is. The health message is not about a list. It's about a life hidden in the, in, the, in the bosom of Christ. And when it becomes a list, it becomes a weight. And we have to help our pastors to understand that having our meetings, having a health segment in, the, in an evangelistic series is not adding more things to do. It's about nurturing, hurting human beings. Amen? That's what it's about. And, and it was an amazing opportunity, and we had an incredible uh, an incredible time together doing that, and there were baptisms as a result. God has shown that health reform is as closely connected with the third angel's message as the hand is with the body. When the gospel ministers and the medical missionary workers are not united, wow, this is amazing. There is placed on our churches a real problem and dysfunction. Is that what it says? What does it say? It's not kind of evil. It's not one of the evils. It's the worst evil. I was stunned when my colleague, Evelyn Kissinger, she's a registered dietitian. She's been my colleague for many years, and we produce these materials. She showed me this quote, and I was flabbergasted. So I had to ask myself the question, how 
is it the worst evil when these are separated? The question that we want to answer in the few minutes that I have is how is it the worst evil on the gospel side and how is it the worst evil on the health education side? On the gospel side, we're told that relation that exists between the mind and the body is what? It is very intimate. It's impossible for men under the power of sinful, health-destroying habits to do what? To appreciate sacred truths. The intellect is clouded. The moral powers are enfeebled. And sin does not look sinful. The most ennobling, grand, and glorious themes of God's word seem but what? Idle tale. Satan can then easily snatch away the good seed that has been sown in the heart, for the soul is in no condition to comprehend or understand its true value. People, above all else, we need to understand the link between the brain-body connection, the connection, because the brain is the hardware of the soul, and our health message needs to be the venue for teaching the true state of the soul. Amen? Because if you say this to a Baptist or a Hindu or a Krishna, that the body is a temple, oh, that's nice. But what does it mean? Nothing. Because the soul in their mind is what? It's a separate, immaterial, thinking entity that leaves the body that it's trapped in. I call it when Plato went to church. And so we must straighten out these misconceptions or the true value and meaning of that statement can never be fully understood. That's what we need to be about as health educators. Amen? It is thus that selfish, health-destroying indulgences are doing what? Counteracting the influence of the message which is to prepare a people for the great day of God. That's what our work is all about. Uh, I, I, I just have to share this. It says, the abuses of our stomach, right? It's just one of the pieces of wellness and total health. The abuses of the stomach by the gratification of appetite are the fruitful source of most church trials. <laughs> wow. So share that at the next board meeting, see what happens. <laughs> But how is it the most evil on the health side of things? Believe me, friends, I've been in this work for many years now, and I see what the evil is on the health side of things. When the health team is a separate entity doing their own thing, separating it from the testing truths of our time. We are to do nothing and promote nothing and to teach nothing that eclipses the third angel's message. That eliminates all imbalance. It eliminates all weird ideas. We're not going to be standing up here telling people not to, not to water their plants with microwaved water. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do anything that eclipses the third angel's message. You may have some feelings and strong passions about some esoteric things, but my plea is when you stand in front representing our church, you represent a balanced message. That, that the poor as well as the rich can do. Amen? So it says the medical missionary work should be a part of every church in our land. Disconnected from the church, it would soon become a what? A strange medley 
of disorganized atoms, it consumes instead of producing. And I have surely seen this, and it breaks my heart because as uh, you know, there's women's department, men's department, there are all these different youth department. Our work is to minister to those other departments. That's our work. So if someone is having a Financial Peace University program, you have budgeting on a dime, you know, healthy suppers on a dime, and you minister to that department. Amen? Create on-ramps to those other departments through ministry. And those people, that demographic, will not only appreciate you because you appreciate them, but it will, it will, separ- it will uh, diminish this silo mentality where people in the church are competing for scarce resources. Amen? It's about ministry to all. Health reform wisely treated will prove an entering wedge where the truth may follow with what kind of success? She says we should not even conjecture as to the success of our efforts. God does not want us to consider failure in this work. And it doesn't mean huge numbers. It means you are going to become smarter and you're going to become better and you're going to become more gentle through the afflictions and trials and obstacles that you have to meet. Amen? That's what it means. So, but to present health reform how? Unwisely has served to create what? Prejudice. That's the opposite of what we want. Prejudice with unbelievers and bar the way. Have you ever had to do a detour that even your GPS gets confused? It's one thing to hinder it. It's another thing to bar it. So I want for us to be able to present wellness materials in a way so that if there is an expert sitting in the audience, that that is his profession in that particular area that you are sharing, you will not be offensive. They will understand and grasp and appreciate not just what you're sharing, that one truth, but the beautiful framework of truth that we are putting it in. That's the power of the gospel. That's the power of the gospel. It's the framework that we put these truths in. Then we don't have to go looking for something sensational to get people to come to our meetings. We don't have to do it. We must not give the occasion for us to be regarded as extremists. Here is the crux of what we do as health educators, as wellness people, to relieve mental, physical, and spiritual suffering. If people see that we are intelligent with regard to health, they'll be more ready to believe that we are what? Sound in our doctrines. That always has to be our focus. Can everybody say amen to that? It's always our focus to prepare hearts for, the, for that third angel's message, and it should be a part of our programming. And that is my piece, that is my plea, that's my piece to share with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much, Vicki. I saw that many of you were taking uh, good notes as, as she was talking and taking pictures as well. I just wanted to let you know that the entire presentation will be available to you. At the very end, I will have my email address there, and so we can email you the entire presentation. The talk will be available on Audioverse as well, and so just uh, soak in the information, take notes as you need to, but just be aware of that. As we look at these things, we want to ask a few questions now, and we're going to just kind of go through as our panel here, talking back and forth with uh, some different things. So the first thing is, What are some practical ways that every member can do this work? 
First, we want to look at medical professionals. How many of you are medical professionals here? Can I see your hands? Those directly involved in the medical field. Excellent. So we have special things for you that we want to encourage you with in regard to health evangelism. So doctors, nurses, physical therapists, massage therapists, dietitians, and there's a lot of others in the professional healthcare setting can be very intentional in making the bridge between physical health and spiritual health. So let's just talk for a little bit. What are some very specific things that we can do? I, before we do that, I want for you to notice these quotations. They're so very important. I must stand up again because they are so serious and so important. <laughs> Medical Ministry, page 27. The purpose of our health institutions is not first and foremost to be that of hospitals. The health institutions connected with the closing work of the gospel in the earth stand for the great principles of the gospel in all its fullness. Seventh-day Adventist institutions are not supposed to just be the same as everything else. They are to be very distinct and different. Christ is the one to be revealed in all the institutions connected with the closing work, but none of them can do it so fully as the health institution where the sick and suffering come for relief and deliverance from both physical and spiritual ailment. Isn't that clear? Amen. It is supposed to be together. Whole person care is what it's uh, known as in many settings today, right? The whole person, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Many of these need, like the paralytic of old, the forgiveness of sin, the first thing. And they need to learn how to go and sin no more. So the hospital, the clinic, whatever Seventh-day Adventist health institution we have should point people to the sin bearer and the Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen to this next quotation. Review and Herald, October 29, 1914. If a sanitarium, you can put in their hospital, clinic, whatever it may be, practice of any kind, uh, with... If a sanitarium connected with this closing message fails to lift up Christ and the principles of the gospel as developed in the third angel's message, it fails in its most important feature and contradicts the very object of its existence. That is a serious quotation. Think about that one. It encourages us. So what can we do in this world uh, that is so challenging, where there are so many secular ideas and different things going on, what can we do to really have this a reality, to make these places beacons of light? So at this point, let's talk about a few things. Praying with patience. Um, Vicki, what do you think about uh, praying with patience? How important is it for medical professionals and those directly involved to pray with their patients? Well, I think if... Uh if, if we, there are probably some circumstances where that's not available to the practitioner, but if, but if it is and you don't, the patient is going to ask to pray with you, so why don't you just be the first one? We, prayer is just so very important, and I've heard physicians say, well, I'm a, I don't want to, I'm hesitant, because if something goes wrong, 
but that's especially the time when prayer is so important right. that, that through whatever the situation is. But I think probably some of our health professionals have experience here in praying with patients and how valuable it is to open up the heart of that person uh, to the practitioner at a level that that cool separation cannot accomplish. You know, I was actually reading uh, several articles recently about how many of those who go to the doctor's office would love for their physician to take a spiritual interest. And, right. and many who've responded to various uh, survey polls have said, yes, we would like our physician to care for us and pray for us. Yeah. Even if it's not the same denomination even, which is a, a remarkable thing. And many world religions appreciate prayer. I mean, you know, if uh, someone is a Hindu, a Muslim, whatever the case might be, many people appreciate prayer. Let's go to the next one. Having Bible studies in the hospital or the clinic. Joshua, what do you think about uh, this idea? I think that's a great idea. Um, I had the privilege of working at a clinic where um, it was blatantly Christian. And I just want to address the prayer thing. On the, on the entry sheet, um, they would have a place where they could check if they wanted prayer today. Oh, so nice. it was right there on the front. Sure, that's an excellent idea. Would, or the, the patient would check it, and they would be offered prayer. Um, we had um, the ability to meet with patients um, and pray with them during, but also talk about uh, prophecy and talk about things Maybe not so much in a sit-down Bible study sense, right. but um, in, in conversing with things about current events. Uh, we also had rooms, a room set aside where we could go in there with the patient if, if they decided to and, and talk about these things. So assigning a, a room in the clinic, I think, is, is a vital part of facilitating this Bible study. That's, uh, that's fantastic. That's excellent. Let's go to the next point. Invite to small groups. I believe small group ministry is very powerful, and especially if it's coming from a health care provider. Many people have great trust in those who are delivering their health care. So if a doctor is willing to invite a patient into a small group setting at their own home or something like that, that could be a tremendous way to share the gospel of Jesus Christ it can really make a profound impact. Either of you have a comment on uh, just the power of small groups? Um, That's where it all happens. I, I call it making your home a home of hope. A home of hope, mm -hmm. yes. Hope and healing, right? Right. I think any excuse we can make to get someone into a small group is a good idea. And if it's someone that's so connected with them as a physician where it knows the ins and outs of their life, I think that, that is just huge to have someone to be invited to a physician's house, I think, would be a great privilege to some people, and they probably never had that. So there's definitely, definitely an influence that the physician has or any medical professional. That's right. Where they can do that. That's right. Okay. Combine health and spiritual topics in seminars and counseling as much as you possibly can. I recognize there are various organizations and institutions that uh, we work in, some which may be a little bit more challenging to openly share uh, our faith as Seventh-day Adventist Christians, but we can always be as wise as serpents, serpents and harmless as... Yes. That's exactly right. So we just need to be prayerful. If we will all 
just pray, Lord, today, baptize me afresh with the Holy Spirit so that we might know how to interact and how we can weave the gospel in into all of our uh, dealings. And then media in waiting rooms. This is a huge one. It could be printed media. Vicki, tell us about yeah, I, some ideas here. And, and of course, all this is impinging upon you having the authority to be able to do this uh, in your workplace, or if it's your clinic, or if you have uh, uh, share a partnership. But the, the Ministry of Lifestyle Matters through the Michigan Conference, our whole ministry is to provide resources and materials for this purpose. So our new board this year, and I, I want everybody to hear this, uh, we have 26 beautiful professional um, scripted PowerPoints on 26 topics, including who can I trust, lessons on loss, and then typical health programs, chronic pain. They're scripted in a short and long version, and you can loop these and just show, you can just show them on a screen. You can do this in your home. There's a short and a long version. You can use them in evangelism, and we went to 3ABN, and we taped seven-minute presentations, and then we also, you know, if your mouth can't do the talking, let the literature do the talking. We have Balance Magazine, they're 10 cents a piece, that deal with felt topics, and then the 26 topics. These are the, the uh, PowerPoints. Having this available in English and Spanish free is, is revolutionary. Our conference is de dedicated to, to closing this work, and Jesus is coming. So the literature is there for you. It, it, it's free for you to share. And so you can use this in your practice. You can make these materials available. At Pathways to Help, Health, they, they gave away something like 35,000 of these magazines. Um, hurried, worried, buried, depression, chronic pain. 80 million Americans suffer from chronic pain. So you can do this without liability. Uh, because there are liabilities. We, we're not setting ourselves up as practitioners when we hold meetings, but a practitioner has an extra layer of liability. So you need to operate within your liabilities, and, uh, and, and yet God will make a way for you to be able to share in the context in which you live. Uh, Ellen White says that strength to resist evil is best obtained by aggressive service. It doesn't say aggressive servants. It says aggressive service. And so the blessings will bounce back to you as you gain traction in your spiritual life by asking God to show you a way to share. Uh, so you can come to our booth. We're near Amazing Facts in the 900 area somewhere. I, I'm not sure where, but we're there we'll find you. somewhere. Yeah. You're easy to find. But free. That's okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Vicki. Joshua, do you have any comments about the, the power of media in waiting rooms? Yeah, um, I think you should have, you know, um, at least Steps of Christ or Ministry of Healing there in your, in your uh, desk where you can pass off to people. Another thing is be aware of what's going on in your church. If there is a cooking class, if there is a depression recovery class, know what's going on in your local church and have the literature there so you can give to everyone that comes. Have it right there at the checkout um, window if, if, if it's available to you or just in your, in your clinic, in your office. That's excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much. Some of you may uh, recognize a few of the uh, individuals here, especially if you are from California. I am uh, from Loma Linda, actually, and uh, part of what I do, I volunteer as a chaplain in one of their uh, satellite clinics. But many of you will recognize uh, Dr. Hart here, the president of Loma Linda, 
and uh, uh, Randy Roberts from the Loma Linda University Church. You'll notice what they have in front of them there. The centerpiece is a literature rack. And this literature ministry is truly amazing. So we would love to see more of these things. Do you see what kind of books are there? Do you see what's featured right there on the very beginning? Desire of Ages, ASI edition. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Thank you, ASI, for that. We have the It Is Written Bible Study Lessons. We have Signs of the Times, Steps to Christ, which you mentioned, is right there as well, prominently on the first one. So these are some very practical things that can be done. Here uh, you can also see the Bible study cards. Now how effective is a ministry like this? Just wanted to share with you. The volunteers that are involved, there's 97 volunteers uh, involved in this particular project. They're giving 102 Bible studies a week. Those are generated from health places. Loma Linda has lots of campuses all over the area. And so each one has a literature rack. Isn't that powerful? Amen. 102 Bible studies, seven baptisms uh, so far. Ten are preparing right now as of yesterday when I got this. 17,806 pieces of literature per month. Can you say amen Amen. to that? We want uh, you to be inspired and encouraged by that. There's ten of those racks that you saw that are five feet tall. 105 of the little Bible study racks, and then there's a pastoral liaison involved. So we want to give you some practical things that you can do. Now, Um, Rodney? Yes. I I just want to underscore something that that, uh, Joshua said. When you know of an event in your area, your church, a local church, and you can direct people to that event, a a health event, people will go. You have influence. It's, it's so wonderful to have your handbills ready, to give those invitations out. And what I say to health educators who are holding meetings, we have in Michigan BibleStudyOffer.com. And if you're doing a health presentation, you can make a direct appeal at the end of your presentation. Your last slide can be that because people are seeking for spiritual health and mental health and, and all of those. So you make a direct appeal. I, the first night of a supper club, I've had two, three people sign up for Bible studies by, just by making an appeal and showing what the church has available for spiritual resources. So never separate the two. Never underestimate what you can do with one meeting. I might add. Thank you so much. Yeah, go ahead, Joshua. At our, at our cooking class, it was... Uh, our last cooking class that we were having, and a man came in for the first time, and he says, some lady at the hospital told me I should come here, that the Adventists were doing stuff on health. And he came. Within five minutes, he signed up for wellness coaching, and we've been meeting with him. Amen. So please be aware, and, and people listen to medical professionals. Definitely. There is a respect there. Let's go to non-medical. I saw that there are many medical professionals here. So that means I'm assuming that those who did not raise your hand, you're not a medical professional, but you are interested in health evangelism. And so this is for you. Listen carefully as we look at these things. But few can take a course of training in our medical institutions. That's definitely true. But all can study our health literature and become intelligent on this important subject. 
That is powerful. Everyone can become intelligent. How can we do this? First, we must recognize that most of the diseases in the world today are lifestyle related. Is that true? Yes. Yes, it is. And we all can become intelligent in regard to helping others with these things. So here's a list of some things that we feel are uh, important for you to look at. Ministry of Healing. Ellen White wrote, this book contains the wisdom of the great physician. You can't get any better than that. This is the wisdom of Jesus in Ministry of Healing. We need to read it and practice it. Testimonies for the Church, especially Volume 7. Very, very practical in regard to health ministry. Councils on Health, the Call to Medical Evangelism. Natural Remedies Encyclopedia by Dr. Agatha Thrash is also excellent. And let's talk about medical missionary training courses. Uh, Joshua, you were involved in one of them. Yeah, I was at Eden Valley for uh, five and a half months, went to their health evangelism training program. Uh, just an absolute blessing. I get to use it every day, the things that I learned there. Um, we're seeing people be cured from cancer through hydrotherapy and lifestyle and wellness coaching. We're seeing uh, people that are taking chemo, um, doing lifestyle changes and having amazing success. We had a girl with cancer from her tailbone to her heart in a month. She was able to have surgery to get it removed. It was just in pieces by the time they got to it. So uh, going to these places, they're definitely going to teach you a lot more. Um, my wife and I travel and we train, train churches in just wellness coaching. We don't do the hydrotherapy and all that stuff as well. So if you'd like for us to do that, that's available to you. And we'll teach you the principles of wellness coaching, everything I learned at Eden Valley and related to that subject. And it's just a two-day program at your church. And you can get, get on the ground running. And it's anyone can do this, absolutely anyone. If you have a, a, a DVD player, a computer where you can play uh, Life and Health's video, we have a, a planner that the person you're coaching with gets. It gives you step-by-step -step of what you need to do. And we have a wellness coaching handbook that we've uh, created that is basically my presentations on paper and will give you all the resources you need. This is a wonderful bridge for uh, the programs that we do, health expos and depression recovery, all those things. And if you like knocking on doors, how many of you like knocking on doors? <laughs> All right, a few door knockers here. That's great. We have a survey for those that love doing cold, cold calls at the door that uh, the Lord really uses, and it works very well. That's wonderful. Uh, Vicki, do you have any comments on uh, these medical missionary training courses? No, oh, they're all, well, most of them are very excellent. Most yes. of them are very, very excellent. Yeah. Uh, so when a church uh, decides to hold a program, they have to remember that there are liabilities involved. And that if you do something under the shingle of Seventh-day Adventism, uh, there, it's, it's always good to have a health professional uh, who can put the qualifiers in there if you're working with diabetes and natural remedies, you know, hot foot baths, that type of thing. It's just, there's just liabilities to be very aware of and to be very careful. And we must never take the position that we are practitioners. So I, uh, I work with Evelyn. She's a clinician. Uh, she's a registered dietitian. And so she is licensed to give certain types of advice. I have a master's in human nutrition, but I have to phrase what I say differently. So there's wisdom in how we operate in today's setting, in today's culture, right. that doesn't create um, un unintended health consequences. We don't get involved in making sweeping generalizations or oversimplifications. And so 
it, our materials uh, that we've produced on health, for health principles and health education are very well referenced. They're Index Medicus referenced so that health professionals can use them, but they are very, very simple so that a layperson can share intelligently uh, good principles of balanced living without getting themselves into the weeds. Uh, if all you do is look at the pictures, uh, they're going <laughs> to so, get a pretty good idea. Vicki, you were telling me about this three-volume set, isn't that right, of books? That, yeah, we, we have, uh, have Living Free, Finding Freedom from Habits That Hurt, and it's on addictions. It's really wonderful. It's a seminar that goes with it. And then Foods for Thought, Nutrition's Link with Mood, Memory, Learning, and Behavior. There's a section in there I really like. It's called Three Cheers for Salad, raw, raw, raw. <laughs> so anyway, there's some. it's good. There's nice pictures, beautiful recipes. And we show the value of cooked versus raw, that there's value in these things. It's always about balance. Our, the name of our magazine is Balance. And then we have... Uh, Simple Solutions, Diet and Stress is What You're Eating, Eating You. And it's a really nice book that talks about stress, depression, and immune function and lifestyle links to building a better brain. Uh, because the real battle is really, it's not for the bulge, it's for the brain. It's not about weight control, it's about appetite control, and that's a brain thing. So these brain-body connections are very strong in our materials, and uh, the philosophy of health from all of these things undergirds the way we write and our research, and it's carefully done so that nobody's going to get into trouble uh, following uh, some of the basic principles that are outlined there. So That's I excellent. hope that makes sense, what I've just communicated. We have to be so careful. Thank you very much, uh, Vicki. And here, while you're here at ASI, please take time to go through the exhibit hall. We have a lot of medical missionary training courses. I've been involved uh, at Wildwood for several years, so I know them, and I'm also part of OCI. Yeah. Many OCI members are here, and they have these health evangelism training courses. I'm also the uh, divisional director for Light Ministry, and uh, stop by our booth in the 400s, and you can learn about uh, online studies and uh, hands-on courses as well that are very, very practical. So let's talk about the different outreach activities that can be done blending health professionals and non-medical people together. Uh, there's a few things that I think are very important for us to highlight. One of them is the Health Expo. How many of you have been involved in the Health Expo? Can I see your hands? Mm -hmm. All right. So there's uh, not enough of you yet. I didn't see enough hands. <laughs> The Health Expo is a beautiful thing. And what I uh, try to encourage is that we do these events not on a yearly basis, but on a weekly or monthly basis. Many times we do big programs and they're just once a year. And the people see uh, the flurry of activity, they see us do our event, and then we're gone. I think we need to be in the public eye often. So how can we do a health expo every week? Is it possible? I'd like to give you a thought. Uh, I think if there was a team, a small team of eight people that were willing to make a commitment to do something once a month, it would be possible. The way it could be done is like this. Two people could work together and have a small booth just taking the letter in for nutrition. 
going through New Start. Many of us are familiar with New Start. Just take the letter N and have a booth on nutrition at a farmer's market. How many of you have a farmer's market near where you are? Can I see your hands? Farmer's market in your community. Yeah, they're, they're all over the place now. So you just have your two volunteers do a booth on nutrition. The next week you have two more volunteers do a booth on exercise. And in that way you just keep the cycle going. People just commit for one time a month. What do you think? Possible? This is an idea of how you can keep it going. And then you can continue to do your bigger events, your health expo, your pathways to health, your amen clinic in a box. These type of things can come in. But I really think we need to be seen a lot more than we are. Mm -hmm. I think it's very, very important for us. So health expos are important. I wanted to share this one with you. Be creative about where you're going to do your health expo. Mm. Walmart opens doors to community health screening. I had the opportunity to work with a group of young people in Utah, and we got into Walmart. We were not in the periphery, in the parking lot, way out there in the nosebleed section, you can say. We were inside of Walmart. They gave us an aisle. They moved the clothes back and said, you can set up your health expo right here. Man, wow. So just ask. Just ask. And the health expo is a powerful thing. If you Amen. want more information, stop by health expo resources booth. It's on uh, the 400 aisle here in the exhibit hall, right next to Voice of Prophecy. That's how you can find us easily. Uh, Roddy, yes. do you also handle uh, the children's health expo? Yes, we okay. have a whole... Uh, Those are fun. We have a whole kit just for children's expos. So you can take them into schools. You can take them into... Park. Park is a fun place The park, the yeah. public park. Wherever there are kids, we have a way that you can interact with the kids in a practical way. Any other thoughts on health expos? I do, I, they're amazing. And the, the thing that I always feel is so important, we always have a pastoral booth when we yes. have the large ones. We have That's right. a, a health counseling booth or wellness counseling booth. Right. And uh, always a handbill for the next thing that's happening. That's because right. Because you want the whole church to be involved with a sequence of events, and it can't always be about what our passion is or what all the time. It has to be connecting the dots to other kinds of events. So if there's a financial peace university uh, program at your church, you, you, you can have ho uh, healthy eating on a dime. If, if there's a vacation Bible school for children, you can do healthy lunches and minister to these other departments. And that way you get the whole church on board instead of it being these, different, these separate silos. That's uh, excellent. And so very, very important to, to engage the entire church in their evangelism process and work with personal ministries. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, Joshua. I think what's important with health expos is that people are there for health. That's what they're there for. I feel also, oftentimes we, we leave that pastoral booth, which, which is needed, needs to be there, but we leave that eighth law there, and it's kind of a, a bait-and-switch type thing. You've come for the health, now let's get a Bible study. But I think the wellness coaching does, it provides a bridge to get us there. They're there for health. Why don't we offer them a health coach? that will be there with them for the next 12, 12 weeks. And then from there we can bridge. Because they they're not ready for the, the gospel, maybe. 
but maybe they're ready for a health coach. And so this is an amazing tool that we can use at our health expos to get, give people what they want and get into the home. That's perfect. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, Vicky, as you were mentioning earlier, I, I think it was you that was mentioning, no, actually it was Josh. You were mentioning that uh, you would have a checkbox at mm -hmm. the clinic that mm -hmm. people could say, that, would they like prayer? Right. So at the Health Expo, you know, I think it's important just to leave it open and available because mm -hmm. God so, is working on a lot of people's hearts already. That's right. Evelyn and, and I did a meeting one time and I said, these people don't want this. They don't want to be here. And Evelyn said, sure they do. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> and so creating opportunities. And, right. and the health coaching piece is so important because what we are really good at giving people lists of things to do. Yes. But what really needs to happen is it needs to come out of their mouth, what, they, what is going to work for them in their context, in their culture, in their social setting, and what that next step is. And, and, when, and it takes skill to learn how to coach. But that's how you get long-term success. Yeah. I, we, we love to hold programs and then videotape people. And then six months down the road, our relapse rate with people that go through our programs is, nine, is the same as smokers. It's 98% re yeah. relapse. Yeah. So the coaching piece, learning how to coach and learning how to keep people with you. It's like Jackie Gleason said. He said the second day of a diet is always the best because by then you're through with it. So we have to take a <laughs> realistic look. And then the other pieces that's really important is we want people to get better really quick and get on board because we're busy and irritated and we don't want to deal with people. Okay, but the truth is, it's people that win people. It's taking time for people, being yeah. with people, hanging That's out right. with people. That's what's going to do it. And so we have to put God in charge, ask God to be in charge of our schedules and our attitudes. Amen. Uh, because Amen. It's, there are no quick fixes. We, we're really happy that God takes a long time with us. We have to be able to take a long time with other people. And that coaching is the avenue to do that. Yeah. The, I mentioned the, the young lady that had that uh, large tumor. Now, we coached her, and now her sister wants help losing weight. So we're coaching her sister now. We have, uh, we've met some of their friends in the process of that. Now we're starting a walking group every day at 5.30. Their friends are coming. Um, now we're thinking about how we can open a Hispanic church because they're all Hispanic. Um, there's, just this, there's just this large community. You know, people talk. And when someone's daughter gets cured from, from cancer through conventional and these people that were there with them. And we had a church member that made every meal, three meals a day for a month for her, all plant-based. Wow. Nobody does that. No. So to have this connection and this impact right. on these people's lives, we just had a party for her celebrating her cancer-free on Sunday. And, um, and don't tell me the kindness involved in that didn't have an effect as oh, well. Yeah, you know, the her mom... kindness is a huge piece. We, we, went to, we went to pray for the food, and her mom just said, wait, 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 before we pray. And she was just in tears. She said, thank you. Thank you so much for, for being with us and not leaving us. That really stuck with me. Mm -hmm. For being with us yep. and not leaving, with, uh, leaving and, us. And let's not forget to use this with our fellow church members. I decided that I travel so much, I don't have a good social network at home. So I decided to connect with four women in our church to ask them if they would be my telephone prayer partners, that once a week we could just get together with prayer. And it's amazing how connecting soul with soul 
Uh, and the first word out of one of them's mouth, she's holding Bible study, she's busy. The first words out of her mouth when I said, what, you know, what's on your heart? What would you like to pray? How can we pray? She said, I've got to lose 75 pounds. She's a tiny woman. She's 200 and something pounds, 50, 60 pounds. And so it's amazing how just in reach to your own body of believers just to pray with them together as prayer partners, that is going to open doors of healing and help and connections in the church to hold, to hold more outreach. That's excellent. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We're going to come back to this idea of health coaching in just uh, a few more minutes. We have 20 minutes left in the seminar, so uh, we're going to go fast. I hope that you all can stay with us here as we pick up the pace just a little bit. We're going to just uh, talk about a few other things that can be done. There's Amen Clinic in a Box. If some of you have not uh, become familiar with this, it could be something that your church can do. Um, Pathways to Health is a wonderful event. It's tremendous and it requires uh, a lot of money, energy, effort, volunteers, and so forth. This is a little bit smaller. Uh, Amen has organized this. Uh, for $5,000, a church can have a full clinic that is done at your church. So look at uh, Amen's website, Amen SDA. I believe they have a booth here as well, here at ASI. A good organization to connect with to do a clinic at your church that will combine health professionals together with non-medical people. It can be very powerful. Here is uh, the picture that you will see when you go to Lifestyle Matters website. Vicki mentioned these already, 26 fully scripted, ready-to-go presentations. Any more word on that that you wanted to mention? Just that w Evelyn and I went to train with Louis Torres to learn how to blend the gospel and our testing truths into the health message, how to make direct appeals to the heart, they're very beautifully produced. Uh, they're the, the images and all, they're, and so they're, they're yours. They're free. And then they come with these balanced living tracks, which people will take home and share. And every single presentation also has an interactive worksheet based on the coaching questions so that people will say what they are learning, what they're doing, what their next step is, what... And, and this is a really key piece, rather than just downloading information into people's heads. So these, these, every single of the 26 presentations has that worksheet that you can download for free and use in your home or in your church as a soul-winning tool. The other thing that we have is called Revelations Overcomers, and it's uh, two, two programs that uh, are available that you can integrate into an evangelistic series or use as a bridge into evangelism. So that, those are all available. Uh, it, it's lifestylematters.com. So uh, take note of these. There's a lot of good resources that are out there for sure. Um, Joshua, please take uh, some time and go through uh, this idea of health coaching with us as we continue. So while I was studying uh, wellness coaching out, the Lord gave me this wonderful equation that's in Romans 12, verse 2. And it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed how? By the renewing of the mind. So where does, how does the transformation happen? Through the renewing of the mind. So if we want people to be transformed, we need to renew their minds. And what is the outcome of this? That you may prove or deem worthy... What is that good and acceptable and perfect 
will have gone. So wellness coaching facilitates the simultaneous healing, and that's Christ's method. It's not healing in one corner and preaching in the other corner. It's the simultaneous healing of preaching. When we do wellness coaching, uh, the first goal is drinking water, and then the next week we come and exercise. We walk with people every visit. So you're walking with people, you're talking with people, you're building relationships, you're making that bond, and 99% of the time, before we even get to trust in divine power, we already had spiritual conversations, and there's that teaching that's involved. So you're doing, you're doing exactly what Christ did. Christ walked with people, he talked with people, he ministered to their needs, he won their confidence, and then he bade them follow me. So as you walk and as you're coaching, that's exactly what you're doing, and you're facilitating the transformation of the mind, or the renewing of the mind, and the transformation. And that word prove means to recognize as genuine after examination, mm to approve, to deem worthy. So once the mind is renewed, now they can deem worthy the third angel's message. Now they approve it. Now they realize it's genuine truth after examination. That's what the wellness coaching does. Ellen White says, it is impossible, and Vicki had this quote as well, it is impossible. Now that is a serious word, that word impossible. That means it's not possible, right? It's impossible for men and women, while under the power of sinful, health-destroying, brain-unnerving habits, to appreciate sacred truth. That's serious. That's serious there. So wellness coaching makes it possible. It's, it's, it's that link that helps us renew the mind through the eight laws of health, simply by drinking water, walking with people, eating better. Uh, it's something that anyone can, can share with somebody. Exodus chapter 5, verse 26. Um, this is right when uh, the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. They just finished singing the song of Moses. And then God tells them this. Um, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments. And Ellen White says that these commandments include what? The laws of health. Okay? If we're not taking care of our health, we're robbing ourselves from life. We're, we're on a suicide mission, basically. Okay? So, give ear to these commandments and keep all of his statutes. This word statutes, in the health um, uh, context, is prescriptions. Okay? So, if you follow my laws of health and keep all my prescriptions... I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. They've done CAT scans on uh, Egyptians, mummies, and they had diabetes, they had clogged arteries, they had heart attacks, they had strokes, they had all the diseases that we have now. So this is a lifestyle issue. The children of Israel were addicted to the flesh pots of Egypt. They live very bad, uh, they have very bad healing, uh, uh, eating habits and lifestyle habits. Also, while I was studying this, the Lord showed me something amazing, and I want to share it with you. It's, it's wellness coaching in the third angel's message. Okay? This is, this, is, this is amazing. Okay, so you have, this is a very condensed version of it, so I'm going to lay it out. In the Bible, you have the uh, first five prophets. Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Joshua. Okay? They're all repeated in Revelation chapter 14 in order. They were the types. We have the anti-types in Revelation chapter 14. Enoch was translated without seeing death, right? 
144,000 in Revelation chapter 1. I mean, Revelation chapter 14. They are translated without seeing death. Okay? Noah preached a message of judgment that was to go to all the world. The first angel's message is a message of judgment. It's a gospel message. Get into the ark, right? But it was to go to all the world. Uh, Abraham was called out of Babylon. The second angel's message is a call out of Babylon, right? Moses prepared God's people to go into the promised land. The third angel's message is a message to separate us from the world, right? To prepare us to go into the promised land. Joshua led the people in the promised land. He's the type of Christ that leads God's people to the promised land. What did God do after he told them this? Moses, third angel, right? He's a type. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. So Moses prepares God's people to go into the promised land. God puts them on an eight-week wellness program. Okay? As soon as they left Egypt. Okay? They cross the Red Sea. God says, if you keep my laws of health, if you follow my prescriptions, I'll put none of these diseases upon you, right? So he puts them on an eight-week wellness program to Mount Sinai. What does renewing the mind do? It helps us prove what is true, right? To help it, uh, to deem it worthy. God gave them his law and the sanctuary message when they got to Sinai. So God was going to do something to help renew their mind, to cause that transformation so they could appreciate his law and they can appreciate the sanctuary message. He took them to the wells of Elam. He gave them what? Fresh, clean water, right? Then it says he set them on their journey, and how did they go? On foot. So you got water, you got exercise. He gives them manna, okay? Nutrition. Then he tells them how much manna to eat. That's temperance, right? The whole time they're getting fresh air, they're getting sunshine, they're trusting in God, and he gives them his Sabbath, all in eight weeks on the way there. Isn't that amazing? Wellness coaching and the third angel's message. Ellen White says that uh, in Councils on Health, page 90, paragraph 2, pure air, sunlight, abstemiousness or temperance, rest, exercise, proper diet, the use of water, trust in divine power, these are, are the true remedies. And in wellness coaching, this is exactly what we do with people. God gives Moses the Ten Commandments and the pattern of the sanctuary, which the Adventist church is founded in the sanctuary, is it not? Praise the Lord for that. Uh, this is uh, also Councils on Health, page 158, paragraph 2. Those who place so much food upon the stomach and thus load down nature could not appreciate the truth should they hear it dwelt upon. They could not arouse the benumbed sensibilities of the brain to realize the value of the atonement and great sacrifice. Is that sanctuary language? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That has been made for fallen man. It is impossible. And if you have the app on your phone, you should type in, uh, in Councils on Health, it is impossible. And see everything she says about it. And if you don't have the app, you need to download it. Okay? It is impossible for such to appreciate the great, the precious, and the exceedingly rich reward that is in reserve for the faithful overcomers. So by renewing the mind, we facilitate that simultaneous transformation and um, people appreciate the gospel better. We did this at our last church we were at. Um, it became the fastest growing church in North Pacific Union per capita, growing from 40 to 90 in just two years. There was 89% member involvement. 
89% member involvement. This was outside of the Sabbath service in evangelism. And 33% of our current church is actively working or improving on their health. And this is not us forcing them. This is them saying, we want to change. So it's a very, very light approach to what's happening. So um, I really, really believe in this message here. This is uh, cooking classes that we are doing, bridging people into wellness coaching, depression recovery. Four out of the seven people that were attending started wellness coaching. This is a lady that's 78. We're doing uh, the fever treatments with her, and she's nearly out of the line of cancer. So praise the Lord. That's very encouraging. So if any of you would like more information specifically on wellness coaching, talk to Joshua. His email will be here in just a moment, so you can uh, email him or talk to him here at ASI. As we have five minutes left, we're going to talk about how to make this sustainable. How do you put together a plan for health evangelism that doesn't just dwindle out? How can it keep going? Here's a couple of things that we wanted to talk about. Make a plan. Make an evangelism calendar and stick to it. Vicki, do you have any comments on the importance of a calendar? Well, we encourage in Michigan a two-year evangelism plan. Two-year evangelism plan. Everyone listen carefully. And so it really is important not to make a calendar and go to the church with the calendar. It's really important to to work with the church work to create that calendar. Work as a church board. Absolutely. There will be people. God will, you know, when we take those steps of faith, God will move on hearts. And he, yes. when he sees that our spirit and attitude are right and that we're not trying to take over with one ministry, then, then we will be able to integrate all the various uh, evangelism ministries together. Amen. And the pastor will um, appreciate it. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so make a calendar. Joshua, any comments on the importance of a calendar and a plan? We just did that at our church, and um, it's, it's really amazing. We planned out um, the training. We planned out uh, the cooking classes, windows we're going to start, the depression recovery, financial peace. We just had it all laid out, and we actually made calendars for the members that they could pass out to the community and say, nice. this is a calendar of what we're doing at our church. If there's anything you're interested in, um, just come. And they had the times that started, what they needed to do to register, all of that stuff there. So that's a good resource too. Make a calendar that the community can have. So and, an and, internal and, calendar and an external yeah. calendar. And one, good point, idea. one point to remember, for instance, in our, in our Sabbath school, we have these magazines and tracks all over the place. Right. So it's not here's a spiritual program and here's a health program. We integrate all of those elements because we're creating opportunities. It's not, it's, in my view, it's not bait and switch. We're creating opportunities for people at the point in time in their life at every meeting. So we're doing a, an addiction program uh, in January called New Year, New You, but I'll be doing a health segment at every one of those meetings, and we're going to transition uh, into BibleStudyOffer.com and then into a reaping series. So you, you integrate all the pieces and elements together. It's like having a full meal. In, instead of just this piece of food and then this and then this and then this. So if the church members and the pastor understand that concept, then it's not, it doesn't create a rivalry right. of ministries. It's a blended message ministry. That's excellent. And that moves us to our second point, which is develop a team. Very important. We don't want uh, just the Lone Ranger mentality. And it's very <laughs> important when it's uh, in regard to health ministry. 
So, you know, you do need uh, people to work with. There should be someone who is a leader and some assistance of different kinds. Uh, we don't have time to really flesh out all of this, but uh, if you want to talk with us more, we're happy to help you in regard to developing a team. Do you have any uh, comments on this before we move to the last point? I would, I would just say it's more effective to ask people in person than just making an announcement from the pulpit. So go to them and say, hey, would you like to help? I need you to be part of the yeah. team, yeah. Vicki? Mm -hmm. Well, we had an, at the Lansing Church, we had three teams of 10 to hold supper clubs so that everyone would attend, but only once a month was uh, a specific team on. Right. And we grew from 30 to 90 in three months. Yeah. This is a big thing, not to wear out your yeah. workers, yeah. <laughs> wear yeah. out the saints, yeah. yes. So develop this idea with a team so no one feels like, oh, I've got to do it every week or I've got to do it every day or whatever it is. You know, if it's spaced out and there's a number of people, then it can be sustainable. And it you, can and you want to tell people that you time. know when they join a team, they're going to make mistakes, you're going to make mistakes. So that when a mistake is made, they have just become more valuable. So with that idea, then people aren't so afraid to get involved. That's right. That's excellent. And finally, the last point is financial. How do we make this health evangelism financially sustainable? It's a really good question. And I think one of the keys is to blend it together so that the whole church understands it is evangelism. That's right. Because there's a lot of money that is allocated for evangelism. I've been to many churches, many conferences, and I know that that is the case. And often health ministry doesn't get a lot of anything. So if from a conceptual point of view, it can be seen as something that's together, there's money there. Well, and we have to make sure it's together. Yes. When the pastor knows that, that you are going to have a mindset to make an appeal to the heart and to teach other truths over time, then he'll show up at your meeting. He's more likely to show up. Um, and, and so, and having, about, having magazines or, or health materials at evangelistic meetings, it becomes one family of, of programs instead of different departments. Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. Josh, last comment before we uh, close here. What was it on? Uh, on financial. Financial, on financial. sustainability. Um, well, for our, our wellness coaching material, it's, it's basically free to get started. I mean, you need, you need a video. It's $10. You need the planners. They're just a few bucks. Um, and then the, the coaching uh, handbook we give to the church um, that, that comes and asks us to train. So... Um, it's really, it's really inexpensive for anyone to, to do it. And so this, this provides a, a wonderful tool to those that, are, that want to do it. And Amen. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, everyone. Uh, my timer went off. 12 o'clock is here. If you would like the presentation that we have shared with you, you can email me, uh, rodney at healthexporesources.com, and I'll be happy to share that with you. Vicky's email is there. If you have questions, you can direct them to her. Josh's email is also there in the middle, so you can email him about the wellness coaching specifically. And so as we finish, I would like for us to finish with a prayer. I just want to say I'll be at the Eden Valley booth if anyone wants to talk okay. later. I'll He's at there. Eden Valley. Vicky is at uh, Lifestyle Matters, and I'm at Health Expo Resources. 
So I'd like to invite you to stand with me. We'll have a closing prayer and then we will be dismissed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are very thankful that you have given us a desire to be involved in health ministry. For we know that Jesus was. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And I pray that each one of us might understand how to better follow his example. That we will not do our own things and speak our own words, but that we will simply be vessels for you to use. That we can be health and healing in our community. That we can be a savor of life unto life. Please bless each and every person who has come here. I pray that uh, whatever it is that they needed, they have received during this meeting and that you will continue to have all of us hunger and thirst after righteousness, that we might be filled. Again, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www. .asiministries.org Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org